The Hamlet Podcast, episode 112. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanmerty. We are slowly inching our way towards the end of this rather long scene between Hamlet and Gertrude, and Hamlet is currently in midstream in his speech to his mother. He's begging her to stay away from Claudius tonight. She should not go to his uncle's bed, and she should assume a virtue if she have it not. He expands on this idea for the remainder of this little speech here. Having told her not to sleep with his uncle, he says, Assume a virtue, if you have it not. That monster custom, who all sense doth eat of habit's devil, is angel yet in this, that to the use of actions fair and good he likewise gives a frock or livery that aptly is put on. Refrain tonight, and that shall lend a kind of easiness to the next abstinence, the next more easy, for use almost can change the stamp of nature, and either shame the devil or throw him out with wondrous potency. So his argument is basically that the more we avoid something, the easier it becomes to avoid it. Habit is something that can be broken, and breaking any habit isn't impossible. As he puts it, that monster custom who all sense doth eat, of habits devil, is angel yet in this, that to the use of actions fair and good he likewise gives a frock or livery that aptly is put on. I have to confess, I'm not a huge fan of this portion of the text, because it's very opaque and its language doesn't really speak to us in the way that we use language now. But don't lose heart. Even the editors of the folio left it out. It only appears in the second quarto. The gist of it is that habit can overcome anything, even habit. Now you'll remember all the way back in Act 1, in the segment of the scene covered in our episode number 27, of course you remember that, Hamlet has another tricky speech in which he's discussing how habit can be the reason behind particular ideas and actions. And it seems that this is something that Shakespeare just wanted to continue teasing and messing with here. In this portion, he's suggesting to Gertrude that her devotion to her new husband is only a habit and that it can be broken. Custom is the worst habit, a monster, a devil that eats our common sense. But nevertheless, it is good in one thing. You can develop a good habit just as easily as a bad one. And thus, to the use of actions fair and good, he, custom, likewise gives a frock or livery that aptly is put on. Here we have another image of clothing. Hamlet is saying that we can just as easily put on the uniform, which is the frock or livery, of a good action and do it as a bad one. So Gertrude can just as easily throw away the worser part of her heart, as we had last time, the part of her that loves Claudius, and just avoid him tonight, since the first part is the hardest, as Hamlet continues to explain. He says, Refrain tonight, and that shall lend a kind of easiness to the next abstinence the next more easy, for use almost can change the stamp of nature and either shame the devil or throw him out with wondrous potency. If she doesn't go to Claudius tonight, the worst is over. The first time is the hardest, because there'll be a kind of easiness to the next abstinence and onwards from there. Hamlet's point is that use or habit or indeed custom can even change the stamp of nature. Practice anything and you'll get better at it. If you want any further proof of how murky this section of the text really is, we even have an actual gap in the quarto text. 
several editors have suggested shame the devil is the play, the word that should go in, since it is a turn of phrase Shakespeare uses in several other places. But in fact, we don't know what really appeared in this line. There's a blank. So all we have is the idea, for use almost can change the stamp of nature and either something, the devil, or throw him out with wondrous potency. Shame is a pretty good suggestion, but whatever the word is, it should mean that the changing of one's habit will either annoy the devil, the evil in us that has led us astray, or even cast that evil out altogether, and with wondrous potency or power no less. This is as close as Hamlet gets to a self-help lecture. It's quoted far less frequently, say, than Polonius and his To Thine Own Self Be True speech, but Hamlet's musings on the power of habit and repeated action are not without merit. Think of that the next time you're trying to make a New Year's resolution. Hamlet bids goodnight to his mother once again. Once more, goodnight. And when you are desirous to be blessed, I'll blessing beg of you. In this pretty crunchy portion of the text, this is another curious turn of phrase, but there seem to be two thoughts entwined here. What Hamlet is encouraging Gertrude is to examine her conscience and maybe even ask for confession in a roundabout way, but his point is that whenever she chooses to return to grace and be blessed again, he will likewise ask for her blessing. In other words, he won't ask for her blessing again until she chooses a more virtuous or abstinent path. It's a little bit of an ultimatum. No more than in the fraught parental relationships in, say, King Lear or Coriolanus, here is a son strongly pleading with a parent to revise their moral code and, for once, pick him. Be his ally. Renounce whatever safety or comfort they've chosen thus far. Poor Hamlet must feel very vulnerable now, since there's no guarantee that this surviving parent that he has will turn out to be on his side. In the middle of the verse line, there's another sejura, there's a little break, and within it, Hamlet changes the subject. He turns his attention finally to Polonius, who is still lying dead on the floor. Hamlet says, For this same Lord I do repent, but heaven hath pleased it so, to punish me with this and this with me, that I must be their scourge and minister. He's saying that he's sorry that Polonius got caught up and killed like this. Hamlet repents. But, as he points out, heaven or destiny has chosen to punish Hamlet with this confused and unwanted murder and to punish Polonius, now reduced to this, by having Hamlet unwittingly execute him. Hamlet uses yet another hendiadis, two images creating one thought, seeing himself as heaven's scourge and minister. He is their scourging minister, killing Polonius as heaven has seen fit. Hamlet does have a plan for this body, and indeed there's the matter of his being dispatched off to England, but we'll pause here and save such pressing matters for the next episode. Be sure as ever to check out the website, thehamletpodcast.com, for show notes and the full archive of previous instalments. At the time that this podcast is being broadcast, it's very close to Christmas, and so I want to send warmest compliments of the season to you wherever you are. Thank you for your company, and I'll speak to you next time.